Hi. Uh, yeah, it's like so warm. Anyway, um, let's just get right into it. How are you? You're not bad, yeah. Yourself? It's like, hi, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Just, I'm a bit sunburned. I'm not going to lie to you. I went to the football game uh, I, the other day. Saying, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then, like, but I didn't like wear sun cream or anything because I thought, like, who needs that? But just because you're, I a, didn't... you're an idiot. Is... No, but, like, they say the football game's meant to last, like, what is it, like, an hour and a half? But I didn't realise it was actually going to be like a full 24 hours I was sitting there because all of the stoppages and stuff like that. Uh, you know yeah, I mean? It's like a real, like it's, it's a real yeah, event thing. It's the slowest game in the planet. Like <clears> I like the experience and stuff like that, but it's the most like mundane sport. Yeah, no, watch, I know, I know. Right? It, is, it really is. I think uh, when you're watching it on TV, it's it's obviously all sped up and stuff and you, you know, it goes to like little replays and that's so you kind of watch it. Yeah. Whereas if you're watching it live, like you don't get those replays. You are literally just watching them talking in circles for ages. I'm watching them talking, just burning. <laughs> yeah, there's like chill, yeah. there's like chilly. Does not trying to amuse you, and you're just kind of like, ah, oh, this is. Yeah, I mean, not for, anyway. Well, well, we should probably get started. Uh, this is the <laughs> first time film, films podcast. I think is the name we're going to go with. I wasn't sure in the name, but I think I'm just going to go with first time films because it's like easy to say. Um, Fair nice. I am David David Campbell. I will be one of the hosts for the podcast and joined today by Jack Higgins, who is on the other end of the line. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, so basically the premise is we're going to take one film every week or a couple of weeks uh, that one or more of us has not seen, we'll watch it for the first time, and then just talk about it for a period of time yet to be determined. Um probably by the time my phone runs out of charge it will be today um, <laughs> is what's going to happen um, so the film we are talking about today is Breakfast Club The Breakfast Club um, is our first film um, released in 1985 starring Emilio Estevez, Molly Ringwald Judd Nelson among others written and directed by John Hughes is about five kids, all archetypes given detention. As the game goes on, they learn more about themselves and each other. Um, directed by John Hughes, like I said, made $51.5 million on a $1 million budget. Um, put a tweet out to see what people thought about the movie before we went into the 77% said they liked the movie, 5% said they didn't, 18% said they have never seen The Breakfast Club. Um, so let's just go into it. Uh, what was your overall thoughts on the film? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was overall quite easy to understand. Like you understand the characters quite quite well um, from the beginning. Like I think it doesn't make any like sugar coating or anything like that on um, the characters themselves. You sort of already know like enough about them to to make your own assumptions of where the actual plot is going to go. But I think uh, one word that I couldn't I couldn't like come away from when I was watching it was glamorous. <laughs> glamorous. It, it just seemed very glamorous, like honestly. Yeah. Um, I think even from the the intro, like with the smashing of the backdrop and stuff, like it was all very. <laughs> yeah. In your in your face, like glam rock, I suppose. Like I mean, it is the eighties. Yeah. Sort of... And it has the Bowie quote at the start, obviously. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that that was the word that I just couldn't detach myself from, like when I was watching it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple minds, simple minds as well. Like to me, it just I don't know, it just screams like. Just glam. I don't know. Yeah. What it's, it's, but it's yeah. good. No, really nice intro. Um, yeah. And for the most part, as well, like for the most part, I just sort of stuck to that same theme as I was saying. Um, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyable. What about yourself? Like, are you... I yeah, I was a I was a big fan of it. I think it was one of the reasons because this was your first 
week. It was yeah, uh, literally watched I've, it last night. So. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it once once before, um, and I think it's a a really really interesting movie because when you look at it, it doesn't actually have much of a plot. Like it's them sitting in yeah. detention for the film day, <laughs> like which I think is actually like when you look at it, um, it's like such a cruel punishment to sit there for like eight hours and like fifty minutes. Yeah, I think like, it is a very, it's a very exaggerated there, form. Like, do nothing. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was thinking that's a very exaggerated form of like what would be like maybe quite a common situation. Like, a yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they would take you out on a day like you're meant to be off and literally just make you sit there. For, like, I like don't know, I don't know, I, I really don't know because maybe some places do that, like private institutes. You don't really know, like especially in the states. So, like, Aye. you know, just, things like that could come, could actually happen. And I was actually wondering, like, I don't know if. I don't really know too much about John Hughes, like in terms of background and stuff. Um, yeah, but like you know, it'd be pretty an interesting thought, like mm-hmm. t- if he had written this in a similar situation, like maybe just in detention, he was like taking notes about this movie that he had. And... Well, John Hughes, here's a wee bit of background. Um, he directed a lot of uh, coming of age movies in the eighties, like Sixteen <clears throat> Candles. Yep, yep. He did uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, as well as being the screenwriter for Home Alone. So it does have a, I don't want to say a weird thing, but it does like focus on like young characters, like mm-hmm. the coming of age sort of uh, Definitely. Uh, genre. It uh, was basically sort of invented by him back in the day. Yep. Um, which brings me to the sort of first point I wanted to make. Like it was really interesting, like how like the teacher was presented as like such a dick in like, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like such like a. Yeah, like an, an absolute extreme case. They've kind of taken like. Yeah. What you would represent as a school bully, I know. I know we obviously have Bender, the character, um, yeah. who is the bully, mm-hmm. but like he takes like your typical bully, mm-hmm. and then and obviously puts it on. The, I don't know. Actually, come to think of it, I'm actually I've kind of came to realise that all of the the whole maybe not the plot of the movie, but the whole sort of theme of the movie is like a hatred towards adults in this, like in a way, like yeah, hatred definitely. towards like parents and stuff, like the adults mm-hmm. seen as like having the authority and stuff, and it's like almost like each person's individually caged and you know whatever they have whatever yeah. sort of life they obviously lead it's almost mm-hmm. like they're, they're sort of like caged in there there's not got any um like space to you know be their own person in a way i think it's the like that's a massive theme of the movie like they blame the parents for passing down like that mm-hmm. sort of a yeah. structural like i don't know obstacle on them because there's the yeah, quotes exactly. they say uh, i think it's bender that says if you say you get on with your parents uh, you're a liar it says that really mm-hmm. early on in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was Alison, who is the quote-unquote basket case. Um, yeah. She says, uh, when you grow up, your heart dies. But it's a very sort of negative uh, perception uh, to adults and sort of authority in general in the movie. Yeah, which yeah. also, if you've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, the head teacher on that, while he's more sort of comic uh, than the teacher in this one, is also mm-hmm. presented in a negative light. So I think it's it's probably like it goes back to what I was thinking about this movie is like I don't think you can make the same movie like now, you know. No, well, um, yeah. Like the attitude to like authority and stuff like that, and this sort of over the top like Definitely. black and white division, I don't think is there today. Like because if you look at it and like the five sort of archetypes that the Breakfast Club are sort of based on, like I don't think they exist to the same extent. Yeah, I think definitely. There's certainly a lot of grey areas there. No, there's yeah, maybe yeah. that's kind of leads back to what I was saying. Like with it being so exaggerated, like they have obviously just taken one of each sort of stereotypical 
I don't know, uh, belonging, like a sort of belonging group. You've got like your nerd, obviously, your bully, your jock. Um, like, so he makes no, he makes absolutely no qualms about like just throwing that in your face. Like these are these people, these are these characters. You are to judge them based on their appearance and like based on mm-hmm. how you've sort of reacted to them in the first scene. So you're already immediately like made to make your own assumptions. And then definitely, of course, yeah. of course his whole, his whole, obviously um, his whole, Reasoning behind it is to like confuse you a little bit later on in the movie, just sort of yeah, tie, definitely. Tie it all and, those, in. and those characters do the same; like they go on the same journey of sort of understanding each other better as the audience. Yeah, does. exactly. Yeah, um, like for example, Bender. Like, like I really like what he does with like props and costumes and stuff like that. Because even the lunch like represents the characters and the sort of aesthetic that have <laughs> yeah. of them. And it's like yeah. when Bender's making fun of Brian's lunch, he's like, "Wow, Brian, this is like." a really nutritious lunch and it's like it's like the most like plain cut like all five food groups represented sort of thing but yeah um it's when you tear it away and i think it's really interesting that bender's the first one to sort of share uh his struggle you know what i mean you'd think he'd be like the most reserved but he's the first one you find out that does have a sort of uh, yeah like troubled background and a bad home life he's the first one to really talk about it mm-hmm. um when he says about his father and immediately uh, Andrew's reaction is to him, you're lying. He has to show him the cigarette burn, yeah. um, which is the first part I wanted to make. Like the, I think the, the thing I liked most about this film was the cast and the performance, especially Judd Nelson. As ben oh yeah. Like, I thought, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I thought, I, I, thought at the start, I thought at the start, like he was a bit over the top. Like I was sort of like maybe a bit disconnected for it, but the more the film went on, I just was completely like blown away like by his performance. I was I literally, it was yeah. You literally yeah. couldn't have uh, couldn't have worded that better. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually what I'd written down in notes. Like that I didn't really like the character to start, and then towards towards the end, like you kind of appreciate like the the theatrical like the yeah. over the top. Like I, I know you know how he's doing like the acts when he's like you know the acting bit when he's. Um, talking about his dad and stuff and like the argument and stuff and he's yeah um it ends it ends so climactic like that uh with the big sort of like symbols crashing and you know he punches and stuff um, definitely mm-hmm. it, you really, it, it was really like intense but in the same way like quite awkward um but i think it like as you said like it did get easier to like follow and easier to understand as you went through like the movie yeah yeah not just I, don't, I think not just with his character actually but also with maybe even like uh allison's like Alison's are just like she's just making weird noises and things, and you're thinking, like that's just not what people do. Like regardless of your, <laughs> regardless of how you got on with your parents, you don't just go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, randomly at the back so, of the class. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think like she actually became less of a psycho by telling us she was a psycho. Um, yeah, you know the more she was like talking about like like the the, the compulsive lying thing and uh, whatever else. Like you kind of understood her a little bit better um mm-hmm. and she kind of came down to earth whereas like maybe characters like andrew who seemed like the golden boy obviously like he sort yeah. of faded from yeah he had the golden boy all his morals were on point and stuff but like you you know you see how, how much he's struggling and stuff as well definitely and um, i like i liked uh that's probably my favorite moment of the film is when andrew's telling him the story about how he um the emotional tale of how he taped the guy's butt cheeks together. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I love that moment because it's, like I said, like, we're meant to sort of discover things at the same time at the Breakfast Club and the way the, cam- exactly. the camera moves in that moment, it takes us round the circle 
is the we're with them. Um, like passive the or yeah. single person's listening. Yeah. yeah, as long as we're listening to it, and he does like, and that's the that's the thing. Like, see the problems they face in this movie. They are like first world problems. It's not like any, like you know, what I mean, like of it's, course, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's everyday struggles. But like, yeah. like I think what John Hughes does so well, it makes it feel like it's like like the most important <laughs> thing in the world at that moment. Definitely. Like, oh my god, yeah, this guy's definitely. butt cheeks together. I can't believe this. It's like it's like there's a war going on somewhere. You're just like like so emotionally yeah. invested in it. Um, yeah. but, but then even at the same time, actually when you when you think about that, you think of the Brian struggle and then it actually like obviously yeah. quite evidently uh shows you that he was attempted suicide and stuff. Like mm-hmm. even though it was a flare gun and it was kinda of humorous to end. That was so, hilarious. Like I laughed like, probably too hard <laughs> at that. Like even though there was a flare gun, like I was buckled. I was like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, but no. he definitely he definitely brings in about like, you know, social struggles, um mm-hmm. and like that is a common case. Like I know as I'm saying, I know it was made humorous and maybe that's like yeah. something about the eighties that you can get away with things like that. But yeah. um I think, you know, Regardless, yeah. of, regardless of whether it was a flare gun or not, like he's talking about suicide because he's literally getting a B in a, in a class, and like you yeah, know, there's probably there's like again like it's that extreme case, but like there's probably yeah. situations that will be somewhat similar to that, and you know he's addre- I think he's addressed them well. Like it makes for a really good movie in that sense. Like you are taking all the stereotypes, Definitely. sort of sort of picking away at them like slowly, obviously, and to reveal this like almost like they're all the same person, just like. You just have a different environment, you know. It's like that nutshell, definitely sort of thing. Yeah, and I think like there is a lot of things that I think are still relatable today. There was one moment um, where Brian demonstrates like some elitism, like towards John. He's talking about failing the shop class, and he thought it'd be an easy A. Yeah, and John yeah, fires yeah. back at him. He's like, "Why do you think it would be an easy A?" And it's like, "Well, because it's shop." And he's like, "I do shop. A lot of people do shop." And it's and it's like. Um, and then Brian's like, so I'm an idiot because I couldn't make a lamp. And it's my favourite line in the movie. And John's like, no, you're a fucking genius because you couldn't make a lamp. Yeah. Like, I thought, like, that was such a clever line, like, to fire back. Um, but it's one of those ones where it's, it's just... And that sort of elitism still exists today. Like, and it's sort of like the intellectual elitism that's displayed by Brian. And it's the same thing with, like, Claire. Like, her vanity what, yeah. is, like... Yeah, it's <laughs> that her vanity is, like, what she uses, like, to elevate herself. In fact, this is just sort of the opposite to what obviously Brian's saying. Um, mm-hmm. like it was kind of shut down on Brian, where he's being told basically that he won't be, he, you know, they won't be friends after it because Claire was, will know that she goes back to this having to be like, the, you know, one of the elites in the school and can't talk to like nerds and geeks and do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like this image thing. Yeah, definitely. So that, I mean, I think the image of elitism still exists as well, like not just, you know, it's not just the point that you made, but like, uh-huh. it's also like trying to uphold and like keep up appearances with things like that as well. Definitely. And, and it's not, like, it's not, it doesn't justify to like a skill situation, but I think even just in the wider world, like people are still trying to be celebrities and stuff. And if they ever like talk to a celebrity, then it's the only thing they ever talk about, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's all so, like the sort of, it's the whole idea of like constructs, like everyone's personality is const- uh, constructed to a certain extent exactly um yeah. and i think like, like we said at the start it's not to the same extent today um i think the sort of battle has been won sort of that regard like everyone is a bit more individualistic um and, and freer to I go away definitely more, sort of social constructs um i think definitely more, more well no i think so but i think definitely it's more uh, uh, an acceptance thing like i think people are just now more accepting of 
not just people's yeah. backgrounds, but like you know who people want to be. Like everyone is like accepting of the individualism um, totally. sort of idea. Whereas mm. like you know maybe back in I don't I don't really know can't really speak for the people who were you know going to school in the eighties, but <laughs> but, but um, you know if this was a, a representation of something like that, then yeah, you know even just mm-hmm. the, like the the loosely the um the looseness of the use of the word faggot and st- things like that like shows yeah. a lack of acceptance even though like you know none of the characters are openly homosexual or anything like that or like you don't know it but you know like yeah. Andrew and Bender will call each other faggots um, yeah like and it's because, and it's that's seen as more of a masculine thing I think like you know, you're calling Aye, it's, like it's Andrew definitely... calls him a faggot because he doesn't compete. And like Andrew just thinks that people, do. and then obviously Bender's counter argument to that is, well, you're the one rolling and rounding the floor with other guys. So like, oh, definitely, it does, it does like, it does yeah. sort of weigh up that um, that argument. Yeah, like it's a different, and I think there's actually a few things I wanted to bring up about that, um, especially because Molly Ringwald, I think, talked about it in in like the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. um, and there's the scene in the film where. You could say that Bender like sexually assaults her when he's under the he's desk, just, yeah, and uh, and puts his head. Uh, I think it's his head, like he puts in between there. I don't know. Yeah, you're meant to assume that because he, he does um, sort of move his head. Uh, he leans his head yeah. towards like the the middle of her legs, and then in fact, like that's another point I meant to say about Bender, like just the the awkwardness of it, the way of his acting. Like yeah. it seems so. Like, I don't know. It seems so perverted, right? But in a way, like everything's accept- is accepted. Like, there's yeah, a, there's, there's, an, there's an awkwardness to it because you know it's such an intense. Like he's got such an intense nature, and then when he's doing that, like you can tell. Like, and obviously the way that uh, Molly mm-hmm. Ringwald's meant to act it is that she's it's a questionable reaction because she's not essentially like she doesn't stand up for herself in that way. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's one all, of those it, ones, though. I think the the presentation of it is a bit faulty, like, especially, like, today. Um, yeah. Because it's a repeated sort of harassment. And apparently what di- Molly Ringer herself said, she said to John Hughes that she felt a bit uncomfortable with it. Well, apparently, uh, apparently Nelson was going to fire her, I think. Um, if I, uh, fire him, sorry. Yeah, he um, was going to fire him because he remained in character offset, apparently. Yeah, that's what I heard, yeah. Um, I was reading that today. That's quite, that's quite interesting. But um, uh, It really is interesting that it was the cast that then convinced him to not fire him, like because if he holds the authority and things. Yeah, I think it, that what that's the that, that's there was that's a bit of a, I was also reading there was a bit of sort of, I don't know, pussyfooting with uh, his character anyway. Like I think Nelson didn't originally originally get the cat uh, get the part. It was, it was John, um, John Cusack from John Cusack, um, yeah. being John Malkovich and other films that got the part. And Nicolas Cage was also considered. <laughs> yeah, which was uh, a strange one. But I can, I can yeah. now see it now. I can see it just because I think the way mm. I've seen Judd Nelson play it. Yeah. I, I could see it as Nicolas Cage, but I don't think it would be anywhere near as good. But, yeah, definitely. Um, um, but I, think, I think it just kind of, it's that 80s, like sex, drugs, rock and roll, like that kind of. It is mm-hmm. purely that image, so there is a real looseness on it. There's a real, yeah. um, like, laid-back attitude towards pretty much everything. Um, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, because there's actually shots of Claire where I think, like, she clearly does, you know, in some way, like, lust for him. I like, think, you know I think I mean? that, I think that's the that is the part of the issue with it for me, though. Um, 
is the way because I was reading the Home Alone script recently mm-hmm. in class and John Hughes I think is a great writer for his time but he was introducing like 12 year old girls into the script as like beautiful and pretty and stuff like that and like 14 year old girls is like flirty and shit you know what I mean that was yeah. the character descriptions yeah. and to me it is a bit strange you know um, yeah. like today I don't like I don't think it would sit comfortable like with people that sort of uh, description and that sort of sexualization. and I feel he did that a lot with Molly Wingworld is not even in this film, but Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink, um, when she was of a young age, um, at that time, which is probably it's probably the part of the movie that sits like most uncomfortable for me and feels most Definitely. of its time sort of thing. Like looking back now, I sort of judge it, um, a bit for that because of the sort of modern stance we take on it, and it's the same thing like you said with the language that was being used by, um, Andrew and stuff like that. It's very much of its time. Um, and very, I want to get. In, I thought it was a really strange line on, on the sort of uh, on the backlash of that. Like mm-hmm. at the end, uh, Bender like sort of concludes that scene with "I was trying to help her." Like, see after that bit where he's putting his, his and you're kind of yeah, kind of just like I don't know. It, it does make your skin crawl because you don't know, like you don't know if that is a genuine thing that John Hughes has put in there to think. Oh yeah, he's trying it's to help. Almost, he's, try, he's trying to mature in a way. Like he's trying to. It's like, almost like he's eyes. playing. He's playing the role of like sexual savior, like quote unquote. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like that's really, like yeah, it's really strange. Like it, it, I think it's really just down to how you take it. Yeah, you could definitely. see it as like well, he is trying to like you know make her more like sexually savvy, I suppose, or like just make her like yeah, like, um, grow up a little bit more. Like, uh, but then at the same time, like we don't really know what age these are. We don't know if they're like seniors yeah. or whatever and I just know that the high school so it's like a very uncomfortable time Definitely. like it's, it's I suppose it is it is true of society and it probably is like now as it was then like yeah. you know teenagers in high school are going to be having sex like that's that's like oh definitely yeah yeah just not just not convincing each other that they've saved like to say like that yeah I don't know like, yeah it's just a really it's a really great area where you think in the middle thinking, of high in the middle of detention like, and, would, and would and would like I don't know girls maybe of our generation like in high school would they be attracted to a guy who was like that full on that sleazy that do you know what I mean because no. that could be a time for you know um, that could be a, a tale of the time for the 80s yeah. as well just like, I don't know. That's, that. In fact, now I think back to like uh, a movie that I watched recently, Watchmen. Um, yes. With the scene of like comedian on Silk Spectre. Oh. Like, and then of course you think like later on in the movie you realise that she was kind of enjoying it, like or she but did enjoy it. Well, that was what she said, but it was her daughter's reaction to it was like disgusted by it of because course. like yeah. she and you see it with and you see it with actresses like older actresses in the wake of this Me Too movement as well. And I don't think it's like, I don't think enjoyment's the right word, but I think it was like a begrudging acceptance. It's like sort of conditioned almost like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To accept mm-hmm. that this is the way things are when we look at it with different eyes to know well, that says, it shouldn't be. And that's says, like, in the case of the Watchmen movie, like her daughter like does have like the, the sort of disgusted reaction that we, the course, audience, is expected yeah, yeah. to have to that yeah. attitude, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and especially she, she does say like it was, you know, it was different times. Of course, like back then, I think it's meant to be like the forties or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's still relevant to this in a sense that we're there's just like a little bit, um, a, a little bit of a looser grip on that sort of thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I wanted to get back to something you said there. You said the movies like these very sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, like, why when they smoke marijuana, like, they instantly engage in a dance number? Um, like, yeah. that's it's really interesting. That, that's that is actually weird. very, very... That's yeah. a really weird one. Like, they smoke weed and it comes out, like, dancing, like, so, so, like, hyped and all that. And I was yeah. like, like, I do not think it was an accurate depiction of like what they would be doing like because they hotbox an entire room as well like they yeah. hotbox an entire room in detention that, like, that is a library that, to be fair so it's like high so, shields, but i know i'm sorry but that is going to stink that the teachers instantly going to come in and know like Aye. what the hell was happening in there like it was a really really weird one for me there's, like, a, like, there's a lot of a lot of issues with that <laughs> a lot yeah. of uh... <laughs> a lot but, of things you would point out that were incorrect in that moment. Um, I think I think the and the initial sort of conversation bit was quite funny um, when it's when it's Bender, um, Brian, and Claire, mm-hmm. like when they're just sitting and you know like they pass it around and stuff, and then Brian says like a little funny line, and you know Claire's coughing and that like that. I think that is a better re- representation. But it does yeah. get a bit ruined by like Andrew's representation of it or like Andrew's uh, reaction to it. <laughs> yeah, Andrew just coming out like, and then they dan- like because the thing is like the main problem I had with the movie was near the end, and it's like they have all the emotional sort of talks with each other, mm-hmm. like everyone's opening up, and then they all go into this like pure dance sequence where the boys like do this weird like train behind each other and all that. You know the bit I'm talking about, and like uh, Claire and Alison are doing the twist mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I get it, it is quite cinematic and it is, like, quite fun, you know, but it just, like, seems to take away from, like, the sort of emotion of it for me at times. Yeah. Um, and I wanted, to get to this, I wanted to get to the soundtrack as well because I think I discussed it with Nikki, who will be the third host in this show um, in the future weeks and stuff, and I'm going to be on rotation. Um, and it was about the movie Halloween, which he loved, but my main problem with it is that the music can sometimes be overpowering to the scene. And I felt the same thing with Breakfast Club as well. I felt mm. sometimes like the background music, the soundtrack and all that was just too loud. Like too sometimes, loud. I fe- some, sometimes I felt the dialogue like at, like because I turned the TV up like really quite high and I was just hearing the dialogue. And then when the music would hit, it was like, <laughs> bam. Like I was like, whoa, like I'm going to wake someone up. Literally the, I mean? same, literally the same thing happened last night. So I was watching it probably around 12 o'clock. Um, yeah. And yeah, probably about twelve o'clock. One of the scenes came on where it's, I think it was actually the one after they've just smoked, and Andrew yeah. was busting out the door and that. And it's like a full sequence. Like it's not even just like a little bit of music, like mm-hmm. the whole scene. So I'm like rushing about my room trying to find a trying to find an emoter to turn it down. And that, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. Like, the whole house happens. is like exploded. Uh, yeah, so, that's yeah. what happens. It's weird. It's weird. I don't um... know. I, like I don't know how intentional that is. Like. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like what is the need for that? Like what is the need to seriously like play the music? That, that I, th- like? I think it is also like a product of the times. Like I was saying, I can't remember when Halloween was released. I'm pretty sure it was earlier. Probably, um, yeah. But I think movies around this time like did have that like sort of um, overpowering mm-hmm. uh, sort of score in the background. Because you watch a movie today and it's it is more subtle. Like I feel like that's one of the ways like we've improved. It is more subtle, and I think the sound quality is better in general, just with, like, the dialogue and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I did feel that was a bit of a problem with the movie, because I think, that, like, if I'm not mistaken, I couldn't find this. I think it's, like, John Hughes's... One of John Hughes's, like, first movies he'd ever directed, um, which is a very impressive feat. In fact, I think he had to convince the studio to let him direct it after he wrote the script. Um, so that's why he took a reduced budget for it. 
but I do think the sound in some places, and I don't usually notice that, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those ones where it was like, it needs to be like blatantly obvious for me to notice like a yeah, problem definitely. with the sound. Um, but oh, I did notice that. Um, anything else you want to say at the end? I wanted to talk about the sort of, like, do you feel this is one of the best, if not the best, ensemble casts like put together? And film just in the way they sort of click and connect to each other. Is there any any movie you compare it to, or? Um, I'm actually trying to think of anything that was compared it to, but I do yeah. think I do think like the way they bounce off each other is is uh, really smooth. Actually, especially like characters who are the more aggressive ones, like Bender and Andrew. Like again, yeah. with that going back to that sort of like exaggerated um, point. Mm-hmm. Like even the, the insults they have with each other are just hilarious. Like hilariously, eighties if that makes sense. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like when Bender calls the uh, Mister Vernon, what was it? He calls him again a, 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 <laughs> a, a calls him a brownie hound. Like a brownie hound. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? My favourite line with that bit Never was been like, used. Yeah, does, does Barry Manilow know that you raided his closet? Yeah. Is that proper, like, just, I don't even know, like, dad jokes almost? Um, yeah, definitely. Like, really, really 80s comedy. So I think it, yeah. it works, like, it definitely works. Like, it was a little bit cringy to start because I think that is the, mm. like, that would, that would be the sign of our generation, like, because it, it doesn't sit well with us, like, that sort of, yeah. like, pathetic insults. Um, especially, yeah, I, uh, especially in like coming of age movies and stuff. That sometimes yeah. I, I do cringe a little bit of that, but I, I got used to. It. I think something with this movie is that I wasn't expecting it to be so explicit to a point, like as it went on, because yes. it started because it had started so light hearted and really soft like that. The insults were like embarrassing, and then <laughs> the next thing that they're, they're actually getting into obviously each other's past and stuff, and they're like ripping into each other for yeah, um, really and like to a real personal level. So. That I was, um, some of the guys who I'm living with over here were downstairs when I was watching it and it was just near the end so they were sort of like half like uh, on the computer and stuff but they looked up and they were like well what rating is this like you know what I mean like they were just sort of shocked like I was the same I expected it to be a bit more clean cut than it actually was like some yeah. of it was like a bit uh, like close to close to the bone like yeah. a few especially like the way Alison was talking about her shrink, and it turned out to be a lie, but I was pure like, whoa, like that's so dark. Like the whole thing, Aye, like, her, she them in that. <laughs> like yeah. and uh, the line where she says, uh, I don't think it can technically be construed as rape because I paid him for it. And I was like, fuck's sake, man. Like, that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I was like sitting there just like, oh my goodness, like this is like so intense and so dark. But I think it like it does well to handle sort of serious themes. Um, Parted way, like we're talking about the moment with Frank suicide and the flare gun and stuff like that. Like the tragedy is always sort of uh, uh, bookended with humour, you know. And yeah. I think it is effectiveness. I think it's effective for the most part, apart from the point I'm played out about the dance number. But one last thing, are you a fan of the Simple Minds song and the ending of the film? I mean, yeah, I love uh, the song. The song's brilliant. I think it's a, yeah. It's also a I don't know, quite a fitting song as well. Like, don't you forget about me? I don't know. I think yeah, it speaks, I think it's speaks, like speaks volumes, and I think he's obviously picked that for that. For that reason, yeah, uh, I think I think outside my heart will go on. It's probably like the deepest connection between a movie and a song, like in cinema history. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I don't think you can think of that song or think about the movie without thinking of the other. You know, it's yeah. like really, and I love like the last scene is like Bender with the eating. 
like and it's the sort of triumph of it you know what i mean because you, yes. you realize like and it's like it's really sweet moment in that like because he doesn't come from much and he said as much you know what i mean and he live he has a go at claire for her wealth and her privilege and stuff like that which is wrong because like it's not claire's fault the background she grew up in just as much as not the indoors that he grew up in his yep. um but it's a really sweet moment when he gives when she gives her him the diamond eating mm-hmm. and you can see what it means to him like the sort of connection he forms there uh, with her because of that yeah, you, you um, do you do realise obviously that that Bender is quite a you know troubled soul in the sense like he is actually quite emotional, like even when Andrew has you know, obviously gets mm-hmm. him to admit like he's past. Uh, yeah. Or well not he's past, he's present, but then he kinda mm-hmm. storm he kinda storms off in like that really like, you know, embarrassing, like pathetic way where he's you know, like all sad and that. <laughs> like I don't know, it's just really it's, it's really, really uh, is that really exaggerated? Like he's like in a big huff, like he's crossed his arms and stuff. Um, yeah. So you do see like that he is a, again, like he is a, just a child, regardless of like what he's doing, like carrying knives and all that, and like meant to Definitely. be that older and wiser person. Like he's just as immature as them, really, on that yeah. level. So definitely. Well, very teenage, very angsty. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very, very, very eighties. Very, very um, I I think I would, I give a thumbs up. To breakfast club would you do the same oh yeah I'd definitely give a thumbs up thumbs up yeah. that's awesome then i think uh unless you've got anything else you want to bring up we'll, we'll leave it there for the time thing no, being I think we're all good that, that's all good so that's the thing it's just like oh i like that conversational you know it didn't yeah. feel like half an hour there like i'm looking at the time and it's like 35 minutes we've been doing this i'm like oh, oh. it's quite nice like, I was pure like, oh my God, we could go on for like two hours about this. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I know, I know. I, kept like, working, like, I would have brought up like more scenes and stuff, but it's yeah, like, it's like, I think yeah. we, co- we covered everything we kind of wanted to cover in terms of. Yeah, I think for the first the time doing, doing this, stuff. I think for the first time doing this, it was a success, you know? Success. Hopefully. We'll see what people think. We'll see if anyone actually. If you're still listening by this point, like, hi. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank, thank you, you for enduring thirty-five minutes of uh, of uh, rambling <laughs> aimless as we go down different paths <laughs> without <laughs> without much uh, restraint. So, so we brought up. I feel like we brought up some uh, topical issues and yeah, kind of addressed I, them addressed them yeah. quite well in relation to the movie. So the, the, I, think, I think that's the most important podcast of all time. Really. <laughs> I feel it could save the world, you know. Like, anyway. <laughs> um, so I'll sign off there. I don't know how to sign off. We'll just be like, it's happening. I'll see you later on. Uh, thanks to Jack right. for coming in. Thanks, <laughs> and, uh, thanks very much. Have a nice day. Yeah. Catch you. Catch you later.